At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to Season 9 of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. I've got some big news to share with you in our season premiere featuring the one and only Chris Jenner. Oh my gosh, congratulations. That is very, very exciting. And that's just the beginning. We'll also be joined by podcast host Jay Shetty, Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, and many more. So come on in, take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Hardwood Handicappers, VEASAN's premier NBA betting podcast. Here are your hosts, Jonathan Von Tobel and Kelly Bidlin. So, folks, welcome into this Hardwood Handicappers, a uh, Friday edition. We're recording this late night on Thursday. Clippers currently taking on the Golden State Warriors. We're at halftime of a very important game of the Western Conference, by the way. So I want to speed this up. Got to watch my clips, see if they can get this thing. I also wore, nobody can see this, my good luck Clippers hat. I don't know if you can see, Kelly, <laughs> if you look really closely. Yeah. It's got a Blake Griffin insignia on it. So, uh, so, so that makes it lucky? I guess. I don't know. I actually don't really like this hat a lot. Like, my mom it, got it, it for me. It brings you back to their championship days with Blake Griffin. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, like, I was sitting here waiting for you to get into the room, and I was looking at my hair. I'm like, wow, it's like a nightmare. Like, yeah. you at least put something on your head. And, like, this was the closest thing that was, like, to me. I, I don't really love this hat a ton, because if you also look at the brim, it's got this weird, like, zebra pattern yeah, thing was, on was it. Was that, like, camo or something going yeah, on there? Yeah, and, like, <laughs> like, the brim's made out of some weird material. Like, it's definitely not one of my favorite hats. And so, it's definitely one that you I'll throw that on for knockoff version. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, you know, my mom, if you're listening, I appreciate the hat, but uh, it's not really great. Not great. Yeah, it's it's, so, it's a clipper, a Clippers blue that I've never seen before either. Like, it's not yeah. even like the the alter the alt blue that they have. I feel like it's. Uh, <laughs> I think it's more like I know this one. It's Air Force blue, like the Colts wear. Right. Like, yeah. 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 Like yeah. It's more yeah. like that. Yeah. So, <laughs> go Colts. Go Colts. That's future <laughs> of the Bryce Young era on the way. Can't wait. Um. So I wanted to get into, I think there's a lot of interesting topics to get into today. If I sound a little muted, uh, it's because my young child is sleeping, not next to me, uh, but next door. So I'm trying, I'm trying not to wake him up. You know what I mean? Okay. It makes it easier for me to yell over you. No problem. Do the, should I do the, um, should the pod like an NPR guy? You know, right, right, you know, like a golf broadcast? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, always, I always love those too because you can hear their Today lips like smooth jazz. Right, yeah. You can hear their lips part because they're like so up close. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah, you know. Um, no, During so, this break, I take a sip of water <laughs> because I'm so dry. <laughs> so I actually did an NPR hit one time. It was not fun. Are you serious? Uh, yeah, it was, a, it for was for Summer League out here in Las Vegas. So it was like local NPR. But like, okay. so the thing was, it was a brutal, you could tell they're not really used to talk radio format right. because so I got booked and actually, you know, who's why uh, Lorraine, Lorraine is Mitch Boss's wife. So Lorraine yeah. works for NPR and um, I don't know if she still does it. I know she did a little work on the side. I don't know if she still does. Um, so and shout out to Mitch, because I think I know he listens to these podcasts. Um, <laughs> so I, she booked me to do an NPR thing about the summer league. 
but the problem is like their format i don't like again they're not really used to like talk radio i guess so they have me on right it's me and a guy named al hall who's like you know he's a behind the scenes guy at the summer league he's been there for a long time and so like i'm on hold so they get me on and it's like a 10 minute conversation with al and i'm sitting there listening and listening and listening and then they bring me on and they ask me two questions and they're like all right john thanks and like that was it so like so so they called me they got me on they made me hold for 10 minutes before the segment started made me listen to the interview with al asked me two questions and they were like see you john and I was like, all right like we could have done that differently i really appreciate the opportunity but we totally could have done that a little differently that's great. I'm gonna start doing that to you too. I'm gonna start booking you and get get to you with three minutes left in the second. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, look, I have my uh my my terror like my terror filled days of driving back home from school and having my dad listen to NPR, full circle because I was on NPR. So <laughs> well, how about there you that? Go. Yeah. Well, there you go. What an experience <laughs> you'll never forget. <laughs> so. Uh, before we get to Friday slate is, uh, you know, for anybody who's just joining us and who hasn't been privy to what we're doing, I'll refresh our audience pretty regularly for the first couple of weeks as part of the new schedule. Um, we're going to have these on Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays. Kelly's going to be along Mondays and Fridays now. He was on the Monday episode and uh, we'll have a little bit more of a detailed look at the schedule of the day as well, because we'll have these out early in the morning. Um, but we'll still do our usual stuff in terms of topics. And so I wanted to hit on three specific topics, two awards and one betting topic to get your thoughts on. When it comes to the NBA, so I'll let you pick. Of the, th- you want to go two awards first? Do you want to go betting angle first? What do you want to do? What do you want to hit first? Let's go two. Let's go awards. Okay. So the first one I wanted to hit up um, was six man of the year. So you and I both very much invested in this. Uh, we are both Norm Powell ticket holders from before the season started at yeah. well, like thirty three to one, thirty to one, something like that. Um, so when I when I wanted to bring up was the candidacy of Emmanuel quickly. Because this has been now push uh, over the last, I would say, what, 24 hours that uh, Emmanuel Cookley is getting pushed from a lot of people to win this award. And I told you before we started recording, I have a good way to set this up. So I got a text last night from our own Will Hill, who I'm, we're going to have on the pod at some point. Um, and he goes, do you think that Emmanuel Quickly is a good bet to win sixth man of the year? And I responded with no, not like bluntly no, but I explained like why I think that no. So I told yeah. him no. So today, he he's on Lombardi line, and one of the plays he has for us to discuss is Emmanuel Quickly for Sixth Man of the Year. So I tell him, I'm like, bro, like, what'd you text me for? If you're just gonna go ahead and bet it anyway. Um, <laughs> Don't you know, know people do that? <laughs> like, what do you think about this? Well, well here's I, my well, here's my thought out reasoning. Okay, thanks. Right. I'm gonna bet it anyways. <laughs> I uh, I compared it to like the other day. My wife asked me. She texts me. She's like, I'm on my way home from work, and she's like, whatever you want for dinner, I'll, I'll get something from there. I was like, all right, I want this, and she's like, yeah, I don't like that. so then you don't mean that then we're not going to get whatever i want to do uh it was the same concept so emmanuel quickly i think is is very interesting because he's making this push now and it seems more pushed based on a lot of people who have tickets on him as opposed to like i've listened to nba podcasts and media and i know you do too he's never really been thrown out there uh, by any media member that i know has a vote as even a candidate for the award I've heard a lot of names. I've heard Malcolm Brogdon, Norman Powell, Bobby Portis. Uh, I've never really heard Emmanuel Quickly's name thrown out there as a six man of the year candidate. And so I just wanted to gauge your thought on that because you know, the, Will tweeted me earlier and he's like, hey, you know, Emmanuel Quickly's down to seven to one. And I, my response was, well, yeah, but I also think he's getting a lot of attention from a betting perspective. And I think that's more liability as opposed to 
predictive odds that he's actually mm-hmm. going to win this award. So let's just start with that. Emmanuel quickly and this now, you know, social media push that he should be winning maybe this award, perhaps. Do you buy it or not? No, I don't. Um, I don't look, I, I think he's, uh, and I, I don't want to completely dismiss what he's doing and what that Knicks team is doing, but frankly, for where we're at in this race, it just feels like too little too late. Mm-hmm. And that that's, that's about my blanket statement. I, I don't really know that I have too much to say on this. I think that, um, look, you, you said it when we were even talking a little bit about this off air. I just think that if you're going to make this, if you're going to make this kind of big, a big push in these kind of betting markets late, I think you got to be doing some things and probably some things offensively that really, really jump off the page. And I just don't know if he's doing that, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, he's averaging 13 points a game. You brought that up before we, before we even started. I'm just like looking at his game log right now. And it's, I, I just don't know that you're going to get that. I think you can get some people to dig into some things that he might, yeah, he might grab some votes. I, I just, I, I think they're so, I think those two guys at the top of the of the betting market or just deserve to be at the be, be, top of the betting market. And one of those two guys is going to win the thing. I think that um, I think that we can make these pushes for everybody else that we want at different points of the season, right? Whether that was, uh, you know, Westbrook, Bobby Portis, Tyrese Maxey at different points in the year, right? Uh, you know, Christian Wood, we brought up even. So it's still, it's still seeing about 100 to 1. Same odds we got. Yes. But, uh, still alive, still alive. I, I just think those two guys, at the top, I think we are at the point where it's it, it's down to one of those two guys. And I think if we're made, I think anybody else, we're just, we're forcing a case for it at this point. Yeah. And and here's what I will say too. Because a little push here in terms of playing, yes. But, and, and I always say this, right? Because I, I think what happens, and I don't, This might come off as kind of elitist. So if it does, I apologize. I think what happens at this point of the season is you get a lot of people who haven't been watching, right? And so they come in and they're looking around at all the markets and they're trying to see if there's a bet to make for them in markets that have kind of matured to this point of the season. Guys go on little runs like they're doing right now and going, oh, that guy's guy's got to be a contender, right? right? Let's bet this and now let's try to make this push. People will tell you that quickly is on this run, let me ask you, Kelly, does this stat line sound appealing to you? 9.6 points per game on 38% shooting from the floor, 29.7% from three-point range with four rebounds and three assists. Yeah, not at all. With average plus minus of plus 2.6, right? Because if anybody's going to say, well, what is that? That's a manual quickly for the first 30 games of the season. <laughs> That's the first 30 games, not like 10, not 15. That yeah. is the first 30 games of Emmanuel Quickly's year. This is sixth man of the year. And one of the arguments that Will made with me was, was well, sometimes the, the um, peak at the recency and that'll skew things. I would actually argue the, I would, I would argue the opposite of that. I would argue that people get an idea in their heads early in the NBA season and really refuse to come off of them as the season kind of progresses, right? Because we don't, we don't really see that generally. And I'll give you one, one of my favorite examples to go back to rookie of the year between Luka Doncic and Trey young. Everybody was trying to make the case that Trey young should win rookie of the year because he had a strong final month. And I was sitting there feeling like I was crazy. I'm like, no, it's rookie of the year. He's yeah. not going to sniff Luka Doncic. And sure enough, I think he got like two first place votes, right? I just, I think when you look at his whole body of work, when you're talking about comparing it to Malcolm Brogdon or Norm Powell or Bobby Portis, it is extremely hard 
to see that Emmanuel quickly is going to make this push past anybody that is ahead of them right now. Yeah, agreed. I, I honestly, I think that I would be more okay with, I'd be more okay with Russell Westbrook winning this award. <laughs> over Emmanuel well, quickly. I, I have to shave my like, head if that's the case. So I don't know if I want that. But. <laughs> the, uh, like, I honestly, I honestly think that that is uh, I just, I don't know if you caught that clip tonight, but apparently uh, Russ is very passionate about winning that award. I heard on the TNT broadcast uh, tonight. Um, but no, yeah, I, I, I just, what is this? I, yeah, I, they didn't really have anything more, much more than that. But basically, they had asked they had asked Westbrook about it, about being in the running for that award, even though he's going to be, you know, probably starting a bunch of games with the Clippers. And he just he said it's still something that he basically meant a lot to him, and he thought it would be a, a, something very great to add to basically his the accolades throughout his NBA career. Okay, well, he's not winning it, so they didn't have much more than that. Okay. Um, but, but look, I think when it comes down to this, Morgan, it, it is. I, I see. I don't want to, I do, I actually do disagree with you a little bit where I think there are these guys that can make the headlines and make a splash more down the stretch that can distract voters. But I just think when we talk this market, there's two guys that, it, that, you know, going, going more back to your point, they've just been in this from the beginning that keep producing night in and night out. So I don't really know. I don't really know if I was a voter, why I'd be looking anywhere else. I, right. I mean, almost, almost everybody else. I can, you can make a knock against of, okay, he's been in and out of the starting lineup. He's been, uh, you know, he's been injured. He's been, you know, like right. Bobby Porter's Christian Wood. These guys have been injured. Westbrook, Maxie in and, in and out of starting lineups. Westbrook's now going to end the season uh, in a start. Like I think Westbrook, like I think Westbrook would be much more of a threat in this, in this market JVT. If he wasn't, if he wasn't likely going to be starting a bunch of games for the Clippers down the stretch, I think that's going to end up distracting voters away from him i i do think that's actually going to hurt him a bit you know what i think is going to hurt him more and i think it's terrible but i think it's and it's irritating to me what's going to hurt him more is that he's not a laker yeah do you yeah. know what i mean like yeah. he was going to get votes because he was a laker like that was that was it that was the only reason he was going to get it lakers hated him and it's clear lebron james didn't really like him he was going to get him changing jerseys is going to hurt him more than actually starting too many games down the stretch. I think. Um, I think the, so the other one, like, and I caught this. I caught this tweet from Stat News earlier tonight. So, like, how about even Tyrese Max? Tyrese Max. Tyrese Maxey as a starter this season: twenty-three points per game, over four four assists, mm-hmm. 46, 41, 81 percent shooting. Okay, as a six man, fifteen point nine points per game, two point six assists, uh, 45, 37, 82 is his is his shooting splits. Like, I I think that's. That's another one where, like, look, he started tonight, and Melton came off the bench. Like, he's going to end up starting games. Like, I really, JVT, there's a lot of these awards I don't know that are very bettable right now because I think we're down to whether whether it's been one already or we're down to like two guys, and mm-hmm. that's basically it. I don't think there's many that are that are very wide open, to be honest. Yeah. So, and th- and that's I figured we should address that because it sounded like that was like a topic. Um, the other awards topic that I wanted to throw out there and. Uh, by the way, you should also know, too, like J- Jay Croucher, who works for NBC Sports Edge, he had like this really long and detailed thread about like Emmanuel Quickly versus Malcolm Brogdon. And I, I think, mm-hmm. honestly, I, when you go and if you can read that, I'm, I don't know. I'm going to look up and see what Jay's uh, Twitter handle is so people can go and read the actual thread that I'm referencing here. Um, but I, I think my my takeaway from Jay's thread would not be that Emmanuel Quickly, and you can follow him on Twitter, Croucher JD would not be that Emmanuel quickly should win the award. It's actually that Malcolm Brogdon shouldn't be the favorite. <laughs> That's that I think yeah, is the takeaway 
from my yeah, from so the thread I, there. Yeah, I read his stuff today too. That was my biggest takeaway. I, I thought I actually thought he gave a pretty good breakdown uh, of you know Brogdon versus quickly. But my biggest takeaway was this is good stuff. I I just think it's further proof, yes, that he should that Brogdon should be as big of a favorite as he is yep. in this market. And the market has been mispriced on this thing for a really, really long time. Really long time. Yeah, um, it I, I really do think it's. I really do think it's down between those two guys. And look, is that it's awards voting? It's awards betting. We talk about this all the time. Could there be a surprise? Absolutely, there could be a surprise. And maybe, may, maybe I'm completely wrong. But I really, I really think, even with the amount of time left in the season, we're we're down to those two. Yep. So the other award now. This is this is an interesting one because I don't think I did. I tell I don't think I told you exactly what my angle was going to be here to discuss. I knew I told you the award. No. So most improved player. Um, I know you have stake in this. You have your Shea, yeah. right? You are a Shea. I'm heavily invested in Shea. Yeah. <laughs> Larry Markin is minus two fifty to win this award. Shea Gilgis, Shea Gilgis Alexander is no longer even the second choice to win yep. this award. Jalen Brunson has now surpassed Shea Gilgis Alexander to win this. And I would say, Kelly, out of all the awards in which you can make, and I wouldn't even say it's a late push. I think Brunson's been brilliant all season long, and yeah. it just took a while for the market to kind of realize what was going on with him. I don't think Larry Markkinen should be this big of a favorite, and I think there's a legitimate chance that Jalen Brunson is going to win this award. Yeah, me too. I, I I was definitely late to the party on this. This is one that uh, you know, people asked me a lot about, and I kind of I, I kind of brushed off, honestly, JVT. I really did. I kind of brushed it off. You know, when people were asking me about this six weeks ago, even, um, and I know we know a lot of people that got really big numbers on, uh, on Brunson. I it, right. I think they're great bets. I think you're right. I think that this is a, um, you know, th- this award. I think it's absolutely down to three guys. Um, I think all three could stand a chance. Uh, I think right now, if I was handing this award out, it would be to Jalen Brunson too. And, and he's, <laughs> if I'm, if I'm being honest. And let's let's go back to what two years ago now. He has something on his resume that Larry Markinen does not have, that Shea Alexander does not have, that got Tom Thibodeau an award two years ago. He plays in New York. Right. That's that is all that that's all that really matters sometimes when it comes to these things. And he is going to help lead the New York Knicks. It's actually eerily similar situation. What Thibodeau did to beat Monty Williams. He's going to lead the New York Knicks to a playoff seed, a top six seed in the Eastern Conference. So they're going to be solidly in. They're not going to have to worry about the plan at all. They're going to be a playoff team. Everybody's going to be all excited because the Knicks back again. And Jalen Brunson's going to beat out Larry Markinen because there are going to be a lot of voters who I'm willing to bet Kelly probably have watched what do you think 10 utah jazz games if that yeah probably i mean, I mean we're talking about the jazz and the thunder like right. i get it exactly <laughs> like it's not even it's not even about just being new york right it's from it's from that it's new york versus versus salt lake city and in oklahoma city like it's mm-hmm. it's it's a it's a drastic difference um yeah i think he probably has the edge right now i you know which brings I think it brings me to a fascinating, uh, you know, point with how much I'm invested in Mark, uh, in, uh, in Shea. It's the, do I take a piece of Brunson still at plus money? Especially if I think he's the guy right now, who's in the lead. I kind of want to bet. Like, I don't, I don't, I, I think I might take a small bit, but I can't take too much. Cause I do think this is, 
I do think this has been a basically it's been a Lowry marketing versus versus X conversation for almost three, four months now. And maybe this is being us, us to be, being too close to the sun when it comes to sports betting and us thinking that way. Um, and the voters might have a completely different idea in mind. Uh, and, and that's where I think the Brunson angle does come into play. Um, but man, I, it's just, this is going to be, it's going to be tough for me to swallow when it, if this, this season comes to an end. I, I'm at least I'm okay losing to Brunson because I feel like he is more deserving uh, than marketing. It's just going to be rough when it's Shea is a top five scorer in the NBA and the improvement from you know 24 points per game. I think he was at last year to 31. He's averaging this year. It's just it's that's insane. I don't mm-hmm. care. I don't care that you're basically the only guy on your team that scores. The fact that you're doing that night in, night out, and you actually have your team what currently in the play-in, I think, or we're just outside, maybe a half game outside. Mm-hmm. I, that is damn impressive to me. So I, I don't know. I, I've loved that. I've loved the Shea angle all season long. I do have a feeling that Brunson's probably going to swoop in here and steal it from me. Um, Cause I loved those bets, you know, a, a couple, a month ago, two months ago, three months ago when I was piling them on. I was feeling good about Tyrese Halliburton for a few months. And then that, uh, that thing yep. blew up too. Halliburton's been awesome, but not good enough. I, I to mean, win it, this it, I mean, and look, Shay. Like you could, I think there's. If you if you wanted to tell me Shay's basically out of it because the time he's gonna miss here, it it, it might be too. It, it might be too little amount of time left in the season that that might actually make a pretty big difference. So that's actually a really good segue. There's this chance that the Thunder are becoming another version. Like there, there's a chance they're tanking again because Shay Gilgeous Alexander, as you mentioned, has been missing time all of a sudden. Uh, Lou Dort is a, a little beat up too, but like the guys are going to start some missing some time now. Yeah, and it seems that Oklahoma City is now dedicated once again, as they do about this time of year, to get to the bottom. Now, there's a whole large conversation to be had about at what point do you okay stop and actually try to win some games, but uh, that's a, that's a conversation for a different type of podcast. I wanted to bring this up because, I, and I want to tie this back into what I what I brought up earlier. There's this other phenomenon that I think happens at about this time of year, right? And it's everybody descends upon the NBA because football's over and it's post all-star break and they go, okay, what else can we, what's the low hanging fruit? So there's awards we can go after and there's let's bet against these tanking teams, yeah. right? That's, that's the, that's the low hanging fruit. Let's go after this. I've seen some odds makers um, or not some odds makers, excuse me, some Twitter handicappers give out the last three days, their best bets, Team playing against the Rockets, team playing against the Spurs, team playing against the Spurs, team playing against the Rockets. Like that's that's been the the flavor of the week, right? Mm-hmm. Here's the thing: Spurs just got. Did they just get another outright win today? Yeah, they did. <laughs> they, yeah. They, did. they did. I did get burned on them the other day. I will be honest. Before you get you launch into what you're about to say, <laughs> well, and, and so I think like, and I, I and I wrote about this too because I was surprised in, in that. Like when you when you see the market just blindly moving in the direction of the team that is playing the San Antonio Spurs, despite not knowing who's going to play. And yeah. today, like for example, this is today is such a good example, right? Tyrese Halliburton is on the injury report. And I was ready to bet the Pacers had Tyrese Halliburton played, but he mm-hmm. pops up as questionable. And so I wrote about it this morning. I'm like, look, like if Halliburton's not gonna play. Like the market is not understanding how different this Pacers team is without Tyrese Halliburton. Like they're not good. Yep. They are not good at all. They are a team that is on the level of the San Antonio Spurs. But the market um just just keeps going, just keeps going in their direction. Doesn't really matter. It's the Spurs. We're going to keep betting against them. And sure enough, the 
Pacers don't even crack 100 points and they lose this game outright. This is not to say bet on the tanking teams. But I, I, I wanted to say two things on this, Kelly, and just get your thoughts on it. The yeah. first of which is these teams, I guess you can call them tanking. The three bottom teams who have the best shot at winning the first overall pick, like their odds, they have a five-game lead over the Charlotte Hornets. Like they're they're not tanking for anything yes. because they already have control of what they need. So it's not like it's not like they need to do this. So for anybody out there who thinks that this is like actively happening, what has already happened has happened, right? So they're already lowerly Correct. power rated. They're not going to keep doing this. Or like I don't even know what they're doing. There's bad teams, right? They're just bad. <laughs> they're, teams. They're, they're, right. they're just bad. I started to bring this up on a numbers game the other day, and, and Gil kind of snap called me right away on it, and and, and bravo by him because he's right. He's right, and what you're saying right now is right. That those three teams, I mean, we think about this. We often think about these these races at the top of the standings, right? But you're thinking about the bottom of the standings, like you just said. There's a five game separation, right, between. Mm-hmm. I'm trying. Well, I think it's Detroit. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. yeah. Yeah, five games, four no, or four and a half. No, five games, five games. Yeah, you're right. Charlotte, because uh, Charlotte went on that winning streak. Charlotte started right. winning yeah. games. They started winning games. Um, so yeah, it's a five game difference between Charlotte and San Antonio mm-hmm. right now. Which and I love that San Antonio's moved up into like that third spot after winning two in a row. It's hilarious. Right. That just threw me off. Where I was trying to add that up. Um, but uh, yeah, like so. So there's that big of a difference. And look, like these teams. Okay, do I think that there is no value in betting against these teams? No, because like you you were just getting to. Like these teams just suck. Like they, they, they're not good teams. Um, now, I think the way we spin this forward, and sorry, I probably cut you off because you were probably getting to this, but it is it those teams like OKC, like Orlando, like Indiana Correct. that start, that start ripping the uh, pulling the ripcord because you got to keep in mind Every percentage matter, I, you know, every, right? Every position that you can move down does matter in your in your probability of getting of getting that top seed, right? Mm-hmm. So it's those lat those bottom three are all fourteen percent, cool. But then the next one's it's twelve and a half percent, then ten and a half percent, then nine and a half percent, then seven and a half percent, then six percent. And sports betters, we know how big of a freaking difference that is. You know what I mean? For, for when you start moving down that list, so. I do wonder if those are those. And look, I think if you are teams like Oklahoma City, you have all you like that. You have all the reason in the world, right? Okay, Shay's out for mm-hmm. a week, a week and a half, whatever the heck it's going to be with health and safety protocols. Like you said, Lou Dort, we've had injury issues with. We're not. Do we really think we're going anywhere? <laughs> like you have a chance of making the play in term. They definitely do. There's no doubt about this. This Western Conference is so crazy. I, I guess I'm not completely ruling them out yet, assuming Shade gets back in there. But I think if you if you are that team, you start you maybe need to start doing the forced benchings of of players and just really assess what are your what's the reality of you going on and winning winning the Western Conference this year, mm-hmm. right? Versus what's or or is it better for our future to have a much higher chance of landing a top top pick or a top two pick or a top three pick? Because we know how valuable those players are going to be too, JVT. Yep, and and so to your point, because and that's exactly what I was going to get at. And it's like a, a team like Charlotte is a really good example. Okay, Charlotte. So, so uh, again, do the do the Houston Rockets suck? Yes, Spurs suck. Yeah, the collective you are betting into has been baked into these numbers. So you're not getting any value in doing this. What you're looking for is everything that you said, and I think the prime candidate is Charlotte. 
They just lost LaMelo Ball to injury. They are listless. They have nothing going on. They have won 20 games. They are not going to get into the play-in by any way. Why not? Because right now, Charlotte is, what did we just say? So there are three games back in the loss column from San Antonio and two and a half games, no, excuse me, three and a half games behind San Antonio for the third the, the, the third choice or you know whatever you want to call it, right? Outside of that, yeah. that range. Charlotte is a team that I am willing to bet Kelly is going to start just, just going. Right, they're going to start playing guys at their end of their bench more in some of these games. They're not going to like in game against Charlotte is going to be brilliant because if they're down in the fourth quarter, the end of bench guys are coming in. Terry Rozier is not closing out games anymore. Gordon Hayward, you're not closing out games anymore. Yeah, because we want to lose these games, so we might try to be competitive for like two or three quarters. But then once we see everything, we're waving the white flag and everybody else is coming in, and we're going to try to lose these things. So that's what that was kind of what my overall point was: is like, are there? tanking or but it's not the can it's who you think is look because you're not getting any value in constantly trying to go against these teams at the bottom they are in control of what they already need it is the teams that are on the outside that are trying to get what they have yeah i guess i guess the only question when you look at a team like charlotte is it's like are they almost stuck where they're at you know what i mean because it's like they'd almost have to make up ground they'd have to make up a lot of losing ground to catch that top those bottom three and then on the flip side, they're, they're kind of protected in that fourth spot, right? Like it's almost going to be tough for someone to lose enough to catch them where they're at, right? I mean, Orlando would be the next, right? Yeah, they'd be the next one up. Um, but, you know, they've, they, they've got a six and a half game lead mm-hmm. on it, Orlando. Uh, at Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome to Season 9 of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. I've got some big news to share with you in our season premiere featuring the one and only Chris Jenner. Oh my gosh, congratulations. That is very, very exciting. And that's just the beginning. We'll also be joined by podcast hosts Jay Shetty, Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, and many more. So come on in, take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.